This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, good morning. My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey. I want to start off just this morning by apologizing. Uh, if you haven't figured it out, the heaters in this room went on spring break. Uh, there are multiple, and none of them want to work today. Uh, it is, they are working everywhere else. So it's just us. If you were worried about your kids or anything else in the back, they're fine. We apologize for that. It's just one of those things that happen every once in a while. So uh, with that, though, this morning, let me just encourage everybody to uh, reach into the seat back in front of them. Uh, there you can find our uh, Connect card, and that Connect card is just a really valuable piece for us here at Journey. You can uh, give us uh, information, yes, but also uh, prayer requests, decisions you've made, uh, other things you want us to know about, uh, go on that Connect card. It's the best way for you to communicate those things uh, to the church, and so take a moment Fill it out this morning. At the end of our time together, when the offering bags go by, you can drop it in there. Or if that misses, or if you miss that, you can put it in one of the baskets as you uh, walk out today. Um, welcome to week number three of our series called "Fully You." Fully You, and this series is about being our true selves in Christ. It's about finding our identity in Him. It's about moving past pain and hurts and failures to do just that. Let me pray for us, and then we will jump in this morning. Lord God, we are thankful that uh, You are here with us. God, we pray that uh, you are with every classroom, every teacher, every child, that they are learning even right now about you and your love and your grace because we know how key and important those messages are. And God, we ask that here in this room, you open our hearts and our minds to the message you have for each one of us. In your name we pray, amen. Change, change is hard. Nobody is going to be surprised by that phrase. That's not a new thought for any of us. But change is also an essential part. It's an essential part of us becoming who God has designed and wants us to be. There is so much uh, corruption, so much sin in our world, in ourselves. If we are going to be who God has designed us to be, we have lots of changes to make. Even the process, though, of change can be hard. And oftentimes, we make it harder than it really is. We focus on the external, on the outward things, on the things that people can see. But God, God focuses on the heart. That's where he wants to see the change in you and me happen. I was reminded this week of how 
hard change can be and how sometimes we focus on the wrong parts of change when I read an article from uh, last summer in, uh, it was in the CBS News. I don't know if you have heard that phrase that uh, a leopard can't change its spots or uh, a tiger can't change its stripes. Have you heard that phrase? Yeah. Well, there was a zoo in um, Egypt that apparently thought that phrase didn't apply to donkeys. See, they needed zebras, and they were having some trouble getting the zebras into their area, and so you guessed it. We got lots of donkeys. We got this black paint, right? Let's, let's just make the donkey look like a zebra. Everybody will love it. Here's my favorite part of that picture, because you know there was a zookeeper who got the paint, and he's, he's making the lines, and he's doing like, and he's stepping back. That's pretty good. He calls his zookeeper buddies, right? Hey, come, ta- come take a look at this. See, I didn't make the line straight. That's just kind of like a jail. I, I give him some curves, some contours. People are going to love it, right? Maybe they would have got away with it if they put the zebras way in the back, like far out. But this was like the petting zoo portion of the zoo. It was in Egypt. It was hot. Pretty soon that uh, zebra sweating and the paint's rolling down its back. You can see it smeared all over. There were some pictures, but they were too small to put on the screen for you today. And here's how this relates to our topic. When we look back at this, in hindsight, we can tell, right, this was a bad idea. It was a bad idea. We can, we can look at that story and we can chuckle, we can roll our eyes because we go, nobody's going to really be faked out by this donkey with some badly painted stripes on its back. But I wonder, how many times, how many times in our lives have we uh, put some uh, figurative stripes on ourselves to look like somebody else, to, to be somebody else, to make ourselves appear better than we are. Maybe our acting got found out right away in some embarrassing turn of events. Maybe we think we got away with it scot-free. But here's what I know. God looked at us What he saw was kind of what we see when we think about that story. He saw uh, uh, some donkeys with some badly painted stripes on their backs, not fooling him for a second. In the last couple of weeks, in this series, Fool You, what we have been talking about, we've been talking about things like shame and anger, things that we need to move beyond to be who God really wants us to be, who he has designed us to be. But one of the things I want to make sure that we understand and we get is we don't move past any of those things or any of the other uh, struggles that we have by our sheer will. 
We don't move it past by just desiring and kind of gritting our teeth by our sheer will. We need to allow space on the inside, in our hearts, for God to move and work and do the changes he wants to see inside of us. That's what we're going to talk about today. The big idea for uh, today is really simple. I'm just going to tell you what it is right here in the beginning. Real change, real change happens on the inside first. Real change happens on the inside first. In other words, if you want real change in your life, it's not enough just to kind of change your uh, environment, to stay away from certain places, to turn on some internet filters. Those are starts, but it's just a start. We need lasting change. Lasting change that comes from the inside. And that's the work God wants to do in us. This morning we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 11. And maybe you have a Bible with you. Maybe uh, you've got um, a, a smart device with the YouVersion Bible app or some other Bible app on there. And, and you want to try and find Luke chapter 11. As you do that this morning, imagine with me for a minute that you're a um, business consultant. Your job is to go into a business that's having a hard time. They're kind of on the edge of going under, and you're to revive them, bring them back. You take on this uh, one job at a company, and it's just it's on the edge of bankruptcy. I mean, they got the papers. All they got to do is sign them. And as you begin to review kind of the books, as you interview people, what you discover is, man, these people, they have a great product. I mean, they got, they got the corner of the market, but the culture, the, the leader, they've just got it wrong. And as you kind of go through the ledgers, as you interview people, what you discover is just every bad business decision you can think of. Financial mismanagement, corruption, nepotism, discrimination, it's all there. And the CEO, the one who has hired you, what he wants you to do is, hey, just get us back in the black enough so that we can kind of continue operating the way that we always have. Because I've, I've liked that. It's been good for me. In your report to the board of directors, you'd probably say something like this. Listen, listen, the debt is a problem. we, we got to address that. But you need a change. You need a change in, in your structure. You need a change in your culture. You need a change in your leader. The company not only needs to have its debt removed, it needs to have a whole new way of operating. In Luke chapter 11, verses 37 through 44, Jesus speaks to a group of people. He speaks to a group of people who are corrupt, who are spiritually bankrupt. They're focused on all the wrong things, and they have no idea. Listen to how Jesus explains what they should do going forward. This is Luke 37 through 44. I'm sorry, Luke chapter 11, 37 
through 44. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. And so he went in and he took his place at the table. His host was amazed, this is the Pharisee, to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. The the simple act of washing your hand had, had turned into this performance to show how holy you were. And then the Lord, this is Jesus, said to him, you Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish. But inside, you are filthy, full of greed, full of wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrows await you, Pharisees? For you are careful to to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, do that, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrows await you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and to receive respectful greetings as you walk into the marketplace. Yes, what sorrows await you, for you are like hidden graves in a field. People walk all over them without knowing the corruption they're stepping on. The basic problem for the Pharisees was that they were focused on the wrong things. They were focused on the outside, the external, on how things appeared. In other words, if they could put on a good show, if they could impress you with their knowledge, with their religious activities, then they didn't really care what the heart was like. They didn't care how much corruption or greed there was. And it wasn't just the Pharisees. I mean, there were people all around the Pharisees who wanted to be just like them. And Jesus sees right through all of this. And he is not impressed. He's not impressed And that's when he tells them what they need to focus on is the heart that God sees rather than the outside that everybody else sees. He says, focus on the heart. What we learn here is that when it comes to change in our life, when when we uh, look and we say, hey, I, I know there are changes that need to take place in me, God's first priority. His first priority is deep inside of us. Because he knows if he can make the changes in our heart, on the inside of us, that those changes will affect everything else. First step to internal change. First step to the internal changes that need to take place is finding forgiveness. Finding forgiveness from from the sin and the brokenness that we carry. Perhaps that's a step you need to take today, and we'll pray about that in just a few minutes. 
But for all of those of us who have already uh, sought that forgiveness, we have taken that step of faith, are we to believe then that Jesus' command to work on the inside is done? In other words, hey, we can just kind of gloss over uh, those verses we just read, Luke chapter 11. Uh, you know, uh, that's nice, Jesus. Yeah, go, go get them. No. God's saying there's work to be done in us as well. But here's a place. Here's a place that so many of us get turned around. We get confused and frustrated in our faith. Because we try and we try to manage our sins. To manage our sins with willpower. And yet the selfishness and the insecurity and the inappropriate anger and all the other things, the old habits, they come Apostle Paul described this in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He said, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Sound familiar? So what do we do? If the answer isn't willpower, well then what is it? Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says this, The needed change within us is God's work, not ours. The demand is for an inside job, and only God can work from the inside. When we want to see lasting change in our lives, we need to make room for God to work inside of us. We need to make room for God to do what he does. And the way that we make that room is through spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. They, they work in our lives kind of like this. We're getting past, I, I hope anyway, some of the bad weather and the snow but you know, the, the number one rule of, of driving in bad weather is you always move towards what you are focused on. In other words, if it's kind of uh, bad weather outside and there's ice and snow drifts and all that kind of stuff, if that has you anxious and you're driving down the road and, and you're just very aware that they're there and you're kind of watching uh, the side of the road, what you're gonna ha- what's going to happen is eventually you're just going to little by little just start to drift towards that which you're focused on. Same thing uh, with the middle line down the road. You're, you're nervous that it's bad weather out, it's icy, and, and you know that there are other people coming this way, and so you want to uh, uh, stay on your side of the lane, and so you're really focused on that. What happens is, as you keep going down the road further and further, uh, you start to veer toward what you're focused on. What we need to do in those situations is find a point out down the line, way down the road, and just drive towards it. And then we will naturally avoid the dangers on the sides of us. God is that fixed point in our life. 
And when we focus in on him, we kind of naturally avoid some of the dangers and the pitfalls and we, the changes happen inside of us that we wanted to see happen. We avoid the disasters on the side of the road. And the way we focus on God is through spiritual disciplines. There are many spiritual disciplines we could talk about this morning. We're going to talk about a couple over the next few weeks. But the one I want to focus in on today is focused time with God. Focused time with God. That can mean a lot of different things. It can mean worshiping God. It can mean praying. It can mean reading scriptures. It can mean kind of just putting our faith into action by serving someone. But here's what it means most. I'm finding a moment, a time where I'm listening to God, where I am listening to God. You've probably been in in a restaurant or some other place. You're having a nice conversation. There's some background music going. And then a few more people walk in the door. The noise level raises just a little bit. And you kind of raise your voices a little bit. A few minutes later, uh, more people, uh, some loud laughter and all that kind of stuff happens. And pretty soon right? You realize for the last 10 minutes you've been shouting at the person across the table from you and you're just tired. God doesn't work like that. We love to kind of fill the the quiet places, but, but God doesn't work like that. He's not going to talk louder and louder. He's not going to talk over us just so he can be heard. We have to work on listening for him, creating space and time and giving energy to that. And we can do that in a lot of ways. We've listed out a few of them already. We can pray, we can worship, we can be obedient to him, act on his promptings in scripture and life. One of the ways we focus most on God most often is through scripture and prayer. That's what we're going to focus on here today. As we kind of think about how we could apply some of what we are learning uh, that we need to... uh, that we need to create this space for God to move through the spiritual discipline of focusing on Him. I have just five ideas to refresh some of those times with Him, maybe that have gotten monotonous. But before I do that, the number one lesson that we all need to learn, number one lesson when it comes to spiritual practices, all of them, is this. We're not always going to want to do it, but we should. Like exercise, like vegetables, it's always good for us. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. When we sacrifice time, activities, other pleasures, and intentionally seek God, He won't leave us hanging 
to meet us there. So here are five ideas to bring some spiritual creativity to our focused time with God. Number one is this. Go somewhere different. A change in scenery can, can give a new perspective. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a coffee shop with your Bible. You just want to spend some time reading, connecting uh, with God there. Maybe you want to go for a walk in your neighborhood. A walk in your neighborhood and, and just uh, uh, pray for the people around you. I know when I've done that and just imagined God walking with me, it's been really, really powerful. It's that small change, even just in scenery, can make a big difference. Number two, a second way we can kind of uh, uh, add some variety is to study through art. Try writing out Bible verses in, in different ways, uh, just kind of doodling them down. What you'll notice is uh, certain words, certain phrases kind of get highlighted automatically. And so many times, those are the things God wants to be working on in our heart, in our life. Maybe you want to uh, draw a small picture of the scene if you're an artist. Maybe uh, you want to just find a few different uh, translations of a particular verse, and then try and put them together. Try and, and write your own translation of this verse. And, and again, what you'll find is certain pieces get highlighted for you, and so often that's God saying, this is something I want to work on in your life, in your heart. Number three, pray aloud. This one seems kind of strange at first, but just a historical note. In scriptural times, in the times of the early church, everybody prayed aloud. Nobody prayed quietly. So many times we think of prayer as just kind of like our head down and silent, and that can be great. But I know when I've had those moments where I've prayed aloud, one of the things that just reinforces is, hey, I'm having a conversation. I'm actually talking to God. That can be a powerful thing to pray aloud. Number four, play an instrument. This one isn't for me, but maybe you are musical. I still have some nightmares of trumpet lessons in school. But maybe uh, for you, you've got some of the musical ability. You can play a little piano, a little guitar. Maybe you can play along to some verses or a favorite worship song. I'll tell you how I have used this is when I've gone through some particular issue that has really bothered me and I found uh, maybe a, a song that just really applied to that. I played that song again and again as I kind of started times uh, of prayer and, and reading scripture just to kind of get my mind right in that kind of atmosphere. Number five, listen to the Bible. This is the one I'm doing all the time right now. There are so many ways we can take in God's Word through, through sermons, uh, through a podcast. Uh, uh, there are audio options for the Bibles. I will oftentimes start my day just listening, listening to some Scripture, maybe as I'm doing something else. 
There are more, but this is a start. This is a start, and the point is we need to create space. Create space through spiritual disciplines for God to make the changes on the inside of us that will ripple out into the rest of our life. My prayer, my prayer this morning is that we all make the decision we all make the decision to make a priority in our life to spend intentional time with God. In all the ways that we can do that, in prayer, in scripture reading, in worship, that we make that a priority and maybe implement some of these ideas to add some variety to just spice that up a bit for us. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord God, as we look at our life, as you look at our life, it's clear that there are changes that need to take place. Just as there are changes going through my mind, I am sure that in every one of us, Lord, there are changes kind of rolling through our imaginations and our minds this morning. And God, you make it clear in your word that the biggest change that you want to see are the changes inside of us. You want to make our heart the way you created and designed it to be. And you know that those changes will ripple out into the rest of our life. This morning, the number one change that we all need to have take place in our lives is we need to find forgiveness and grace through believing in you, through faith. Your scripture tells us if we confess our sins, our brokenness, that you will be faithful. That you will be faithful. That that you'll take the impetus on to, to cleanse us, to make us new, to forgive. And God, we know that you want to make changes in all of us, not just those of us who haven't yet crossed the line of faith. You want to make changes in in us all, Lord. And that means we all have work to do on the inside. So many times we get focused in on, on some area of our life we want to change and we just feel like we are banging our head against the wall again and again and again as we try and kind of just will this change to take place. you want is you want us to work on our heart to be more like you have designed it to be and that you know that those external changes will take take care of themselves when the heart is right and the way the way God that we prepare our heart the way that those changes take place we will make room for you to work. And we have to do that through intentional time with you. God, help us. 
every single one of us this morning to do that maybe in some fresh ways. Maybe we just need to start a new habit altogether, Lord. But help us all to make space for you. In your name we pray.